1208, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. So Eric Bilstadt, Paul Manafort, after two weeks of testimony, the defense presents no witnesses and puts the government to its proof. Yeah, so how rare is that? Is that normal? Happens no? all the time. So no, no witnesses? That's ha- happen, happens all the time. Okay. What typically happens, prosecution presents its case, and then uh, the defense makes a motion to dismiss. The argument is, viewed in the light most favorable to the government, has the government proven guilt beyond a reasonable doubt? That is a routine motion. It is almost always denied. Mm-hmm. And so then it's the defense's turn to put on any evidence. In a case like this, it's not surprising to me at all. I mean, they, they weren't going to let Manafort get anywhere near the, the stance. I mean, <laughs> right, it just right, wasn't. Right. I mean, this, this is, in my opinion, this has been the equivalent of a couple-week. Uh, it, it's really been like a slow guilty plea because... Let's put aside the, the 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 Trump campaign and his role. This is sort of a mine run tax fraud case. I mean, it, it's a at the end of the day, it's a paper case. I understand they've got you know a co-conspirator who was also involved in the Trump campaign who you know kind of explained, yeah, this is what we were doing. We were moving money around. Mm-hmm. But you've got accountants, you've got records, you've got documents that say, okay, this is how much money came in, and this is where the money went. And Paul Manafort wasn't getting anywhere near the witness stand to try to explain where those millions of dollars went. So today is Tuesday. We have a verdict by Thursday, you think? Uh, I, when our closing arguments this afternoon they, or they're tomorrow? They're going to be two hours each. I'm not sure tomorrow. if they're going to squeeze them both in today, though. We might um, wait until tomorrow. Right. So, I mean, you'll... you This this won't... I mean, there, there's records that the jury might want to look through, um, but, you know, if... I don't see this as being a case where the jury deliberates more than four or five hours. This is, I mean, it's just the defense is going to try to argue you can't believe so and so and so and so, but the, the records are what the records right. are, and that's right. normally when you see these white collar prosecutions, that's that's kind of how it goes. It's why though the prosecution spent so much time in the beginning showing his lifestyle. For people who wonder why he did that, it's because they're. They're, they're trying, I think, to show that it's not just that he did it, but that he did it to enrich himself. They were trying to make him look like a bit of a bad guy. But here, this is this guy who's he's cheating on his taxes. He's got all this stuff. Wearing this ostrich coat. Right. And it's he's not doing it because he's trying to take millions of dollars. He's not a Robin Hood that's taking millions of dollars and funneling it to poor children across the world. He's trying to beat taxes so he can make himself rich. Now, can he still cop a plea if he wanted to? Could they come up to a deal? Well, you could do it any time before the jury gets in, but at this stage, there's no, in my opinion, there's there's absolutely no incentive for him to plead guilty. Yeah, you could, I mean, any time before the jury comes back with its verdict, you could, you know, you could enter a plea, but... I at this point in time, if I'm the prosecutor, I'm like, well, why am I going to, you know, no, you you made me go through this two-week trial. Let's just, like, see where it is. So, interesting enough, but uh, Paul Manafort, this this was actually a couple weeks slow guilty plea. It's what I think it's going to be. You can always go broke trying to pick out what a jury is going to do, but um, I would be shocked if this is anything other than a guilty verdict, and a guilty verdict returned relatively quickly. All right, we have an abbreviated program today. Our Brewers-Cubs coverage starts at 1245 both today and tomorrow. Today is Election Day. I am proudly wearing my I Voted sticker. This was actually an interesting experience because it was the first time I I voted in my new polling. 
place. I, I've been going to the same place for 30 years, knew a lot of the poll workers. And this morning, my wife and I, we went and we, we voted around like 9.15 today. First time that I had been there. Interestingly enough, I've always voted in City Hall. Today, I voted in a church. And it was, I, I was kind of wait, and I have no problem with that, but I was waiting for like the people protesting saying, hey, we, you shouldn't make us have to go into a church with all the religious imagery just in order to vote, but went, had no problem at all. Interesting experience. I, I gave my predictions on the radio yesterday, but as we always do, or almost always do on election day, I want to devote one segment of the program, just one segment of the program, to those of you who have voted, my sense or plan, are planning to vote. Uh, pick a race. Who did you vote for? Who are you going to vote for and why? 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And once again, it's a primary election day. So on the ballot, you, you have a choice. You can vote in the Democratic column. You can vote in the Republican column, you can vote in the Green Party column, but you can only vote in one primary election. So if you decide you want to vote in the Vukmir-Nicholson race, you can't then vote in the eight-person race for governor on the Democrat side. You have to pick one party or the other. Did you vote? Who did you vote for? I'm not going to ask you your number because the truth of the matter is this is going to be a very, very low turnout race. 414-799-1620. It's election day. What race would you like to talk about? We discuss in just a minute. It's 1213. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. If you're on the line, please hold on. If you want to join us, 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. 1216, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Hey, if you don't follow me on Twitter, you should. It's uh, at Jeff Wagner 620. Sent out a couple tweets, including one of my favorite of the day. In Paris, they now have, for reasons that escape me, they have now created a series of open-air urinals. Yes, you heard me right. Open-air urinals. Um, I have a picture of one of those up on Twitter, and my question is, if it's good enough for Paris, is it good enough for Milwaukee? And perhaps Mayor Barrett will consider these the convenience for people who choose to ride his trolley. Kind of an extra, extra thing there. Here, we're going to put them by the trolley stops. You can follow me at Twitter, um, at Jeff Wagner 620 and see that. In addition, number of people, this is one of the big things we talked about at the State Fair. Um, I, I know people can't listen to the whole show sometimes because maybe you're working or whatever, but you can hear this whole show by simply subscribing to the podcast. Just go to WTMJ.com, click on the mobile applications, and then you can just, every time we post a new show, which is pretty much every day, you get notified and you can listen to it. So check that out. All right. It is election day. I voted this morning. 414-799-1620. What race would you like to talk about and why? Let's start with Stacy and Merton. Stacy, you're in WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Stacy. I'm well, thank you. Did you vote yet? I did. Okay. I voted last week. Okay. Oh, early. See, you know, that's the interesting thing. More and more of the campaigns, Republicans and Democrats, they're trying to encourage people to vote early because... Then if you get busy on election day, you know, your vote is already in. More and more people right. are doing it. And I think it's a great convenience. I still like going to the polls, though, on election day. I, I think it's fun to stand in line. I like that. I like to say the same thing, but, mm-hmm. you know, you just never know what's going to come up. And right. I want this is an important race, and I wanted to be there and show my support. So. so who did you vote for? I voted for Kevin Nicholson. Okay, tell me why. I voted for him because I'm ready for something new. He's got great ideas. He was awesome at the debate. I mean, 
you couldn't help but not vote for him after watching that. Are you concerned about the guy's past as a Democrat and the the, the conversion, you know, after his time in the military? Does that give you any pause or not really? Absolutely not. Okay. I think everybody has the right to change their opinion. It was 20 years ago. I think mm-hmm. who, who hasn't changed their mind in 20 years, right? right? I mean, about anything. Who has, do you think he has a better chance of beating uh, Tammy Baldwin than Leah Vukmir does? Absolutely. He's much more polished, put together, has plans for his actions. Good and enough. He mailed it. He mailed it. So okay, thanks for calling, Stacy. I appreciate it. One four seven nine nine one six twenty. You talk about any race that you want to talk about. All right, I'm getting I'm getting election questions about this this open primary thing, and sometimes people are are once again overthinking this. Um, for example, I have a question here, a voting question, Jeff. If you vote Republican, is your ballot canceled? If you write in Richard Schmidt for sheriff. The answer would be no, your ballot isn't going to be canceled, but your vote for Schmidt isn't going to count. See, because Schmidt is not running in the Republican primary. He's running in the Democrat primary. So if you would write in Richard Schmidt's name, it's, it's just, it's effectively not going to count. It's going to show up as a vote for Richard Schmidt in the Republican primary, but he's not a candidate in the Republican primary. So it, it's not going to matter. Um, so I don't think your ballot would be rejected, but that, that vote isn't going to count. So. Why bother? 414-799-1620. Dave in Waukesha. Dave, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. How are you doing? Real well, thank you. Who did you vote for and why? Well, I'm actually going to be voting in, in about an hour. Okay, um, good. And I'm going for uh, for Leah. Okay, so you're on the other side of our first caller, Stacy. Tell right, me why. Yeah. Well, mainly because, in, in, I guess, she has a, a proven track record, mm-hmm. bottom line. I mean, his, now, granted, granted his credentials are, are, you know, compelling, mm-hmm. but... I, I like the fact that, you know, she's, you know, got some rubber down the road and that type of thing. So, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, realistically, uh, I, I, I like her. I mean, their views are, are virtually identical. I, I, right, I, you know, th- to, to tell you the truth, and I've said this before, Dave, I, I don't think there's on the issues. If, if one, you send, it doesn't matter which one of those two you send to Washington, I my guess is their voting record on issues would be, Ninety nine point nine 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 percent the same. Yeah, there's <laughs> just, not a yeah, lot. Right. There's not a lot of daylight. Between. Right. I mean, there's, there's there's no question. Right. And and that's why that's that was the kind of motivating factor is the fact of if there's no daylight between them, I'm going with the one that's been on the field before. Right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Right. Thanks for call. I appreciate. It. I I will say this, and I I have I I have not liked the tone and tenor of this primary. I have not liked the fact that you have these outside groups, and particularly a, a, a multimillionaire slash billionaire in Illinois who's been essentially funding these attack ads against Leah Vukmir. Look, I, like I said, I think I think Vukmir and Nicholson are both solid conservative candidates. These attack ads against Vukmir, trying to, are she can't be trusted, or or you know, using a clip from Insight a couple of years ago before President Trump had become president when he was still candidate Trump, expressing the concerns that large number of Republicans had, and they're running these attack ads against her. The only person that benefits, in my opinion, is Tammy Baldwin. I have been disappointed that Kevin Nicholson hasn't denounced 
them. I, very disappointed. And candidly, I was a little bit disappointed that uh, Vukmir didn't denounce some of the anti-Nicholson ads that were being run by, again, not their campaigns, but by people trying to intervene on their behalf. This this outside money that's coming in and playing. I just it, it just it ends up benefiting Tammy Baldwin. Like I say, I both of these candidates, Leah Vukmir and Kevin Nicholson, are solid conservative candidates. And this argument, if anything. I think that they could both be criticized for perhaps being too much in, in line with President Trump um, on, on some issues. That This idea that, oh, you know, we, we, we can't disagree with him at all. Well, because candidly, there's some things that he's done that I like, for example, like picking a fight with Harley Davidson that I think are bad for Wisconsin. I would have liked to have seen both of them put a little bit of daylight behind him when he's wrong. But this idea that either one of them isn't a conservative is frustrating. 414-799-1620, Christian in Sheboygan. Christian, you're in WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Real well, thank you. Did you vote today? I did. I was really excited to vote for the only candidate walking the walk and talking the talk on getting big money out of politics, and that's Mike McCabe for governor. Interesting. Where do you think he's going to finish? Uh, I don't know. Realistically, probably third or so, but I don't know any activists. Uh, on our side of the aisle that are excited to vote for Tony Evers and everybody's volunteering for their own favorite. So. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I've the I, I, people keep telling me, be prepared for a surprise. Be prepared to see a surge for Malin Mitchell. Be prepared to see a surge for Kelda Royce. I'm just not seeing it, but maybe maybe, maybe I will be surprised when the polls close at 8 o'clock tonight. Well, I think Malon and Kelda and Michael have a, a lot of uh, volunteers out there. The question is, can they overcome the name recognition? I've got my fingers crossed, but uh, I guess we'll see. Thanks a lot. I appreciate the call. The You know, I, I think actually, and I, I was saying this to somebody this morning, as a matter of fact. I was saying this to a Democrat that I ran into this morning. I, I think in some respects... And maybe I'll be proven wrong tonight, but I, I think when they had that Marist poll that came out about 10 days ago that, that did a head-to-head, Tony Evers and, and Scott Walker. Now, I don't believe that poll, by the way. I, I just don't. But but who cares what I believe? When it showed that you know Evers was 10 points or 11 points ahead of Scott Walker, I think that – and that's what happens with polling sometimes. It becomes what I describe as a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're a Democrat voter and you want Scott Walker beat and you really – you don't, you don't really have a strong feeling who it is. You want the person who's best likely, most likely to beat him. And you see this poll saying, okay, here's the guy that's the perceived front runner. He's ahead by 10 points. Well, there's not a lot of incentive to not then go with that front runner. So that's where it, it ends up, like I say, becoming sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy in that regard. So I, 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 I said yesterday, I think I haven't seen anything that suggests to me that Evers is going to lose this. Um, I, I think, you know, again, I, these activists tell me, well, you know, Malin Mitchell has support. He's got a lot of union money behind him. And, let, I mean, he's African-American. That's an advantage. Kelda Royce is the darling of the Madison left, but she hasn't been showing up in any sort of polling a, at all. So I, I guess I'm, I'm having trouble seeing where that wave is going to come from. Um, Mike McCabe, uh, who's, you know, part of the, you know, the whole the campaign finance reform guy and stuff like that. He's not going to move the needle. Matt Flynn, I think, has absolutely no chance at, at all. Uh, Paul Soglin, the hippy-dippy mayor of Madison, he's got no chance at all. 
uh, the, the rest of the candidates. I, I think it's probably going to be a three-way race, but I, I think it's Tony Evers to lose, and I will be surprised if he does end up losing it. Bottom line, though, is it is the primary election, and, and go out and go out and cast a vote. You know, just go out. You, you want to? This is one of those days. Turnout is going to be low. It's eighty-nine degrees outside. It's a Tuesday in August. Not a lot of people are going to vote. So go out. Your vote count because today's a day that it counts a lot. Twelve twenty six. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Hey, when we come back in a couple minutes, like I say, we've got a Brewers game coming up. But before that, all right, did the president go too far in his criticism of his former ally, now nemesis Omarosa? We're going to talk about the president's latest tweet in just a moment. Stick around. Twelve twenty six. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 1229, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. All right, here's this. Yesterday we talked about Omarosa. She is the nasty reality show villainess who was hired by the president to work on his White House staff. The relationship is now broken bad. She was fired by General Kelly in 2017. She's got a new book coming out today called Unhinged, where she breaks extremely bad on President Trump. Um, she's been making the rounds of the different TV shows. Right now, the most dangerous place to be in America is between a television camera and Omarosa. She's making all sorts of claims. One of the things that she is saying is that there's this tape out there where the president used the N-word. That remains controversial. President Trump responds for the second time in two days. This morning, he comes out with a, tre- a tweet. This is what he says. When you give a crazed, crying lowlife a break... And give her a job at the White House. I guess it just didn't work out. Good work by General Kelly for quickly firing that dog. Exclamation point. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. This remark has gone stream. It's gone viral. President getting a lot of criticism for calling Omarosa, his former ally, an African-American female, a dog. All right. Did the president go too far with this tweet? 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We're only going to have a couple minutes before Brewers Baseball after the break, but I want to try to get a couple calls in. Did the president go too far with this tweet, calling his former aide, former friend, a dog? 1235, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. All right, President Trump is at it again. He's The latest controversy involves his, his former aide, Omarosa. And for people who don't know who this woman was, she was trouble from the beginning. She was the reality show villainous. Villainous on, she was the, the nasty, backstabbing, fill-in-the-blank on the various Apprentice shows and she somehow endeared herself to Donald Trump, maybe birds of a feather, I don't know. But then in what move that you just always knew was destined to blow up in everyone's face, he brought her into the White House. He hired her and gave her a job as like liaison to the African-American community. I'm not sure. She, she would not, I think, be typical of, you know, she wouldn't be the person that I think they would typically hire for African-American outreach, but he did. Well, and of course... She did not work and play well with others. She ended up getting fired. She's now broken extremely bad on the president. And because she is an opportunist in the extreme, she's written this book. She's on this book tour. She's making all sorts of accusations. She taped uh, the president. She taped people surreptitiously. Uh, She's a thoroughly dislikable person, which doesn't necessarily mean that what she's saying isn't true. The president today 
I think, irate, probably at what he perceives as a betrayal. He says, when you give a crazed, crying lowlife a break and give her a job at the White House, I guess it just didn't work out. Good work by General Kelly for quickly firing that dog. 414-799-1620. Ruth in Milwaukee. Ruth, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Ruth. Um, I I don't like calling anybody a dog simply because I'm an animal lover and dogs are loving and kind and cuddly and used for therapy. I love I, I love my dog. I took her to the groomer today. Everybody says how cute she is. Right. I yeah. I right. I don't want my dog Sasha linked to Amorosa. Yeah. No. And and that dog that is not a good adjective for us. We need evil words like she's an evil witch, she's an evil hag. Look up some adjectives that are very, very evil. Okay, Ruth, what does it say? Okay, but should the president be using language like that in tweets? I just think, you know, he should really control himself yeah. you know you just gotta you just gotta look the other way I, I see you i think away from it. right thanks i see i i i agree completely now there there are people out there that are are playing the race card oh this is you know an, an insult to black people there are people out there that are playing the this this shows how sexist he is that he's referring to her as a dog well i mean he's used the dog analogy for marco rubio lies like a dog uh, David Gregory was fired like a dog, etc. cetera. He, he, he's used this before. I, I think I am not going to defend, uh, again, President Trump in this regard, only to say that this idea that people are trying to say, oh, this means he's racist, this means he's sexist. I don't think it's that. I, I think, but again, going back to the big point, first of all, what does it say if you're the president and you surround yourself with people like Omarosa, with people like the lawyer Michael Cohen. I mean, what it, it, if, if you surround yourself with people like that, I, I think it is perhaps a, a comp on, on you. It was insane, in my opinion, for the president to hire this woman in the first place. But I understand they, they were buddies. And he, you know, he was in such a rush to hire somebody that he thought was going to be loyal to him that he didn't realize what the big picture was going to be. This whole thing was completely and totally predictable that it would end badly. And and it has, in fact, ended badly. You know, she's around peddling the story that there's some tape that somebody has somewhere from The Apprentice where he's using the N-word. I don't know if that's true or not. He denies it. People around him deny it. If, if it's, this has been, rumors been out there for a couple of years now. If somebody has it, I, I would assume that they would have come forward with it by now. But I, I mean, I, again, I don't know those things. But to me, I don't know that I think it's sexist. I don't think I think it's necessarily, it, it's racist. What it is, is it's an example, I think, of the president who is, just can't resist this punching down. That he does, and so it ends up getting distracted. We're not talking about the economy. We're not talking about trying to bring, you know, peace in North Korea. We're not talking about any of this stuff. We're talking about whether or not this woman that he hired, you know, was a dog or not. The president, if he would just keep off of Twitter, stop punching down, I think he'd be a lot better. Okay, I am out of time. Early baseball game today. I am back at 12 noon tomorrow when we do this all again. Have a great Tuesday. Go Brewers! Need to win against the Chicago Cubs. It's 1240. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ.